Jake, and we hope that you hear the thunder in the background. <laughs> Things are out of control here in Minneapolis. Jake almost died on the way here, apparently. Yeah, I just got to the studio. It took me like an hour and a half to drive. From... What are you driving? Your Amphicar? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. But I'm glad you brought that up because if you haven't seen uh, earlier this week, we released uh, the episode um, history episode we'll it's, just say it's really that. good it's one of our favorite episodes we've ever had so if yeah. you haven't listened to that check it out um, the, the, but i was the, i was just saying you said you drove through like 12 inches of water on your way here that's yes. why i was thinking no that, that maybe... would have been good i was in the audi so it's not like i had the big truck that would have been just fun not yeah. worried about yeah. it but it's like it was where like it looks like you're going through a rally puddle you know where the yeah. waves are like on both sides of you as i'm just driving it I wasn't steer, just a puddle i steer towards those yeah <laughs> but i was like if my car cuts out that would suck. Oh, it would never happen. Your intake is above your your grill, like yeah. up top. I mean, I know it's not like you have. a... Remember the guys that had cold air intakes back in the day? Oh yeah, and you drive through a puddle and it's just like <laughs> they have. They had bypass like water bypasses for them, but nobody ever ran them. They had like these things. I don't, I didn't run one, so I don't even know what it really I don't even is know or what, what it does. But they had like this bypass valve or whatever that you could get for your cold air intake. That if it sucked in a bunch of water, it'd be fine. But dudes would hydrolock their entire engines like right, just like shop vac there. <laughs> <laughs> just like pull it all up and it's, it's bent rods and everything else oh i know and i guess your insurance covers it if it happens i suppose so, although Un- unless they see that cold, cold air, air intake just, just take that off and re- return it back to stock. where in minneapolis did you drive through four feet of water <laughs> <laughs> i don't know sir i really really don't know um so i worked on the car a little bit this week actually um, why don't we roll uh one of our one of our ads before we get going here yeah um b- but before we even do that i want to remind you guys head over to itunes we've got so many listeners now that if you all <laughs> went and gave us a five-star review it would be amazing i know a lot of people listen they probably don't go do it go do it it'd be great if everybody did it it would be insane because of the amount of listeners we have now so just trot over to itunes or if you're on your phone it's really easy just and make sure you write something. I don't think it counts if you don't write anything. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think it does. Huh. So anyway, I really uh, would appreciate it if you guys did that. Yeah, we'll even we'll even wait for you. Yeah, ready? Go ahead. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what so do we got? Corny. Um, so speaking of cars not working since you hydrolocked them, no, that's not a good. I don't know. I'm trying to. I always try to do like some clever transition to the ad, but. Regardless, Luther Westside When you get, Westside when you get your insurance check, take yeah, it to Westside There Volkswagen. you go. Thank you, Chris, for helping me out. <laughs> go to Luther Westside Volkswagen with your insurance check because they are the number one Volkswagen dealer in the country. They have the largest selection, as we know, of Volkswagens and other used European cars in the Twin Cities. Uh, they have their... Uh, it's not even really a new facility here, but I still have it as a bullet point. Yeah. But it's, it's regardless, a it's, it's a n- clean facility, both the new yep. and used car facilities. And the, the sales staff speaking of clean are also like they're not the smarmy sales staff right yeah, it's a low dudes. pressure environment you know they're not gonna give you the hard sell that they need to have you buy the car today right so i mean they're a good group of guys and you really should buy your car from them you know if i was in the market i'd go to them yeah me even too. if I they mean, weren't a sponsor obviously i've spent basically two years annual salary there so that's uh, <laughs> pretty pretty good sign for a guy that likes to complain a lot yeah, so you can find them at westsidevw.com. All right, so I've been working on the car a little bit this week, and I had like an idiot moment. Okay. So for the last 40,000 miles, my steering wheel has wiggled, <laughs> and it's wiggled up and down. And not, we should clarify, because they can't see the, the motion you're doing. It's not like back and forth, like it's a bad lateral. vibrating. Yeah, it's lateral, left, right, up, down. It's yes. not like a vibration. It's like the column is moving. Yeah, it's about a quarter inch, up quarter inch. Well, maybe a little less than that, yeah. but in up, down, left, right. And I've just lived with it, because I'm like, well, I don't know. I thought, 
in my head, I'm like, well, maybe the steering wheel was a little bit bigger on the stock steering wheel, and then it slid in, and it fit in the... There's like a bearing. Right. At, uh, right behind the steering wheel, there's a bearing. So I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out. And I messaged you, and I messaged yep. a couple other people, and I had a million people give me information on Instagram when I asked a question. <laughs> and so I, I, I bought a spring mm-hmm. and a little split bushing. Right. And I'm sitting there. So it, I, I, I want to know if mine is correct because I just also replaced my. Well, I'll tell you what I did, and then wheel. you can tell me if this is what you did. Well, first of all, the split bushing is yes. it metal? Yes. Okay. Mine's metal. I have that part. Okay. So the um, I'm I'm like looking at the, I took the wheel off, set it on the seat next to me, and I'm looking at the steering column like, where does this go? Like, yeah. It doesn't fit in anything, and I'm like I don't understand. And I was talking on my Instagram story, blah blah blah, and uh, my buddy Marco at TLG Auto out in California, who runs a, a Porsche shop out there, is like, mm-hmm. stop what you're doing, FaceTime me, and oh, really? I'll show you what to do. He's like. Uh, it fits, right? It fits over the thing. I'm like, it doesn't fit anywhere. He's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, what's wrong with you? So he FaceTime. He's like, put the thing on the steering wheel, the spring. Yeah. So I flip the steering wheel over, and it, the spring goes onto the, yeah, on the, on the hub, and then the, the clip goes on over that. So which way does the clip go? It goes... Um, so we're looking at like the steering wheel hub. Not like you'd think. It goes reverse. It doesn't sit inside the spring. It right. sits the it other way. It goes the other way. It goes so the other way because it, it sits in the bushing. Anyway, I don't want to so get into I, the weeds too much. No, but. but I'm just happy because I did it that way correctly by mistake. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I really thought, like you'd say, it's counterintuitive. I thought the spring or the bushing would fit into the spring. Yeah. And it didn't. And then it like I accidentally dropped it down into the like little bearing race. Yeah. And I couldn't get it back out. I was like, that's staying there for now. <laughs> well, you're all good. <laughs> Put that's, it back together. That is, uh, that's the right way to do it for sure. So, um, so I got an, an, another uh, awesome <laughs> message from somebody today. They sent me a message. They go, hey, man, I've got some uh, new old stock Bosch headlights that I just saw at a swap meet. And he sent me a picture of them. They were perfect. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. H4s. The glass was amazing. The chrome was perfect. I'm like, dude, you must get these for me. I will, I'll PayPal you some money. You know, where's this guy from? Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, so he sends me the picture. I'm like, oh my God, I got to have those. I got to have them. Mm-hmm. He goes back. There were 300 bucks for the pair. Mm-hmm. For used brand new. Okay. New old stock in the yeah. Bosch box. Okay. Headlights yeah. from 40 years, 30, 40 years ago. I'm like, I got to have them 300 bucks. That's an amazing deal. I'll put them on my car, sell my old ones, blah, blah, blah. He goes back. Guy takes the other one out of the box, and the lens is cracked. <laughs> so that was disappointing. But I did score some uh, new old stock taillight lenses. Okay. So I've got some new old stock taillight lenses to. Uh, Are they the Italian version where it's all red? No, because that would look bad. Would it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I like the yellow. I like the yellow. It's amber. It's, I like the amber. I like the amber. Amber is like a female name. That should never be a color. Um, and uh, the only thing I did this week is I put the coilovers on my Mark 7. Right. And the, I ruined the car. Okay. Literally, why? I've ruined the car. It is. They must be like 12,000 pound springs. It oh, is. Oh, it's just like undrivable. It is. It's so undrivable. stiff. Undrivable. It is so stiff. I mean, it handles like, holy shit. Like clover leaves are incredible. Well, that's called like just not having suspension. Like, of course, it's not going to roll. There's no body roll because there's nothing it, it, to give. It is like holy shit. It's so stiff uh-huh. that I was like, I need to go pick up 600 pounds of flagstone. <laughs> <laughs> this is the vehicle I'm choosing. So I didn't take the wagon. I took my car. Wait, you're serious? Oh, I'm serious. I went and picked up 600 pounds of flagstone and threw it in the car. I thought you were joking. Like, oh, then it'll handle better or like ride better. I should no, say. I, I picked it up and took it home for a home project. <laughs> And I didn't notice that much of a difference in the ride because <laughs> it was just, I mean, I got to do something. It's, it has ruined the car. So, Do you think that that's the incorrect coilover kit for the car? 
Well, they did come off a wagon. Mm. And I imagine the wagon's heavier. Yes, and the coilover coilovers are all the way up and it's still pretty low. So I'm mm. thinking it was like wagon springs or something. But that's usually only the rear springs that are different. Usually the front right. springs are the same. So I don't know. It's it's like H and R's or whatever. Yeah, they're H and R's. Are they the? Do they still do the ultra low or the ultra? ultra I thought low? maybe they were ultra lows. Triple yeah. ultra low. Yeah, maybe that's. I don't know. know. That's what I thought, but it's ruined the car. I can't. I don't even like driving it. I was. That's why I came down here in the nine eleven yesterday, even though it was a hundred degrees. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to deal with the bumpy car. Yeah, no, I also came down here in the nine eleven yesterday. Did you also when it was hundred degrees? Uh, <laughs> it was yes. really hot. It was so damn hot. Yeah. Anyway. What's going on with you? What's the story? You skipped over the best item. <laughs> I want to hear you say this. Um, I think I've changed my mind. No, nope, just li- tell me. I was a little bit jealous that your car sounds better than mine. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the 911, of course. Right. Um, you've got the sport muffler on there. Yep. The homemade sport muffler, which is normal. It's a common thing to do. Yep. Um, basically, you take the, the damp sport muffler, cut two holes in it, and put pipes on it. Right. Yours happen to be about 10 feet long, but um, <laughs> that's okay, I guess. You're just going to cut your shins up. But your car, with the carbs... I, do you know I did injure someone at Cars and Coffee? They, they cut their shins open on it, didn't they? <laughs> it was uh, our friend Shad from Beer Group. Oh, really? He <laughs> whacked his leg I thought it. he was joking and teasing me, because that's when I was leaving, and he like walked around the car, and he's like, oh, man, I just hit my leg in your exhaust pipe. You need to cut those down. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it, I get it, I get they, it. They and I kept long. going, and he's like... No, seriously, like, I'm glad I'm wearing jeans because I would have, like, cut my shin open. And, and what was, was like, the first thing I said to you? And you, I was like, you, did you, you're going to be measuring those things with the scars <laughs> on your legs. Yeah, um, I know. I did it to be kind of obnoxious, like channeling my inner Boko Zuka styling. If you, you know, were going to do that, you Japanese should have made the thing. diameter a little smaller. So they're the, like, pea shooter style. Yeah, just, like, yeah. a little bit smaller, and then they could be a little bit longer. Right now, they're a little overwhelming. I think they need to be shortened. I think they I think will they, be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that my car sounds better than yours. I don't think anymore. I'm over it. You're I'm over back it. to thinking mine sounds pretty good. We'll have to do a side by side, like while we're moving, because I'll be so far ahead of you, I won't be able to hear your car anymore. <laughs> I mean, we can rev them up and we can hear what a hundred more horsepower sounds like if you want. That's fine. All right. What else is going on? You got that thing running all right? I what? do. Yeah, I finally. So when I did the sport exhaust, and also I got rid of like the stock airbox and went with uh, like the big open KNNs with the rain hats on them. So it was running really lean to the point where like it wouldn't even idle; it would just keep backfiring. You were you witnessed that. Yeah. So I did a lot of researching. They had forty seven jets in there, and I went up to a fifty one, just right. like out of the blue. I you know totally just picked a number basically, thinking it's yep. a few steps up. That should be good. And it was still, it was much better. It was drivable, but it still backfired a lot and up through the carbs even. And so I did some more reading. I was like, well, maybe I'll go to a 52, 53. And they're like, oh no, for that combo, you do a 55. Right. So I was not even halfway to being the correct. That's what, I mean, you're changing the entire airbox assembly. I would think that it would and go the up exhaust, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah for so sure. I got the 55s in there and I haven't really driven it much since, but it sure. doesn't back first. That's good. Um, I think I need to adjust the clutch, but because now that I have the like shifter dialed in and yep. it like feels awesome, and I actually feel what's going on in the gearbox, it's like the clutch release I've noticed is like on. You have to be pushed against the floorboard in order to get out of yeah, the gear. Yeah, you probably just need to adjust a little. And bit. And it still feels, you know, how it kind of feels like oh, it's still grabbing a little bit, maybe. Right. That's what I think is going on there. Okay. 
Um, oh, and also... Um, that might help your grinding of your gears a little bit, too. Exactly. That's what I mean, because I don't think it's fully releasing, so yep. those synchros have to work extra hard. Right. Um, my garage floor looks like the XN Valdez spill. Yep. That, did I ever tell you that I kicked a bucket over when I changed <laughs> oil in the 911? <laughs> no. It was like all 10 quarts, and I kicked a bucket over, <laughs> and it was like sklursh, <laughs> and it was hot oil. So it just... So it's very... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was like water. It just yep. went... Everywhere. I was going to say very viscous, but oh, it's actually the opposite. It's the opposite of that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so need to fix that. I think I got that. It shouldn't be too big of a deal. Also, I noticed there's a big dent in the 911 door now that wasn't there when I bought it. No. Yep. That sucks. I don't know how it happened. It wasn't me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, kind of off topic, uh, my wife got a Honda Grom. She actually did. I thought you were kidding. Oh, no, no, no. We've had a Honda Grom now for a week. All right. And uh, so if you're not familiar, it's like a cross between a scooter and a motorcycle. It's a 125cc, but yep. it has, I mean, it has like a four speed. You shift it and everything else. And you need to have a motorcycle license yep, for it. Exactly. Yep. It's so stupid fun. Oh, I'm sure. It is so stupid, but so fun. I used to have a, a, a Ruckus. Right. And I loved it. Yeah. So I, I've always wanted a, I've wanted a Grom. Like, the, the, of a motorcycle that I would get, it would be a Grom. I mean, that's got to be You'll my... have to come over and, and take a ride. Okay, it's I would love that. really, really stupid Did you get fun. it brand new, or did you find a used one? Or? 2018, off the showroom floor. Why? Why didn't you just get a used one? And you can't one? find them, really. Are they pretty sought after? Yeah, and she's like, nope, this is going to be my bike, so I just want it new. I don't want to have to worry about it or anything like that. Has she like, ridden it? Has she taken her test yet? Uh, she has her permit, but hasn't taken the test yet. Okay. Um, and she used to ride a lot of scooters and I restored vintage mopeds for a number of years since we had a bunch of those. Cool. Um, so that's really fun. I forget where I was going to go with that. Oh, the bike is like crazy though. How much it's like a full size, like street bike, all the technology they put in it. So it's, it's a just, 125, but it's just small, but it's fuel injected. Yeah. It has a full ECU. It has ABS brakes. It has analog brakes. It's like on the most idiot little, little motorcycle ever. It's really, great. It is. Yeah. So that's, what's going on there. It's really fun. What are they like? Eight grand? Seven? No. Half I don't, that. I don't even half know. Half that. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know. Brand new. <laughs> yeah. So you can get them for probably two grand used, I imagine. Wow. Maybe that you can find them. So um, from there. I think we go into uh, a little bit of a segment that I've got for you. And this is something we haven't done before. But before we get there, um, let's talk a little bit about SCI Performance. SCI Performance, South Central Imports. I probably drove by uh, their place on the way here in the deluge that was the rainstorm. Yep. And speaking of rain and water, they do both water-cooled and air-cooled Volkswagens as well as Audis. They're an authorized Revo software dealer. They've been in business since 1976. So they have the experience, the dependability. They really know what they're doing. They know those cars inside and out. One thing that I would say is that if you bring an air-cooled car to chat... He won't like it. <laughs> he wouldn't be a big fan. Oh, okay, of that. never mind yeah, then. Take that Don't to, do that. Take, take that, that to further. Our yeah, other sponsor, <laughs> you'll hear about later. <laughs> so, um, like I said, they really know the cars and they have the integrity and they're honest guys over there. They're they're not the ones you have to worry about uh, scamming you, being uh, <laughs> right. you know when you take Lots your car and not know what it's going to be doing. So, I've known Chad for almost my entire time living in Minnesota, which is I don't must be coming up on like over fifteen years now, and he's always been awesome and he still puts up with you yeah, he still puts up with me he's become one of my best friends and <laughs> i would i would send anybody there absolutely so and you can find them uh, on facebook of course at sci performance and uh, you can give him a call as well 612-722-8897 speaking of phone numbers 
You didn't give out our phone number at the beginning of this. You said you should yeah, give us a I, call. But I don't have it memorized. So just go to our contact, <laughs> overcrustproductions.com, contact, and it's there. Okay, that um, works. If you want to give us a call. Yep. So I uh, do you remember a long time ago when we traded a spot on another podcast? Yes, I do. And do you remember what we did? Yes, I do. What did we do? We basically, because uh, it was for a beer podcast we were promoting, and it was basically what type of beer would embody another car. So like a redneck, just kind of run-of-the-mill American beer, like a, a Bud Light. Yep. Actually, that's that I that's not fair. It should be like a nat, an old Natty, natty Ice. Yep, Natty Ice or something would be like a, an old Camaro. Right, right? Camaro V6, Camaro mm-hmm. RS. So I took that concept, and I was kind of thinking about um, how I could present a, a kind of a game to you where you get to have to try and I'm going to give you a bunch of clues okay. about the type of person right. that so would drive this car. And I have to guess the car. Yes. And I'll give you Love hints it. so that it goes from easiest to hardest. The last okay. one's really hard. I I made it like nearly impossible. I am very excited for so this. So we've got one, two, and three. The first Is it going to be easy. like a Trabant or something for the last one? That one would actually be really easy because I would just be like, hate Stalin. And you'd be like, <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, car number one. Yes. Is driven by uh, a 34-year-old male. Okay, what's uh, his name? His name is either Michael, Josh, or Matthew. <laughs> uh, okay. his, his job is Hollywood producer, assistant, Midwest middle management, maybe finance, okay. um, something like that. Um, what he would be wearing in this vehicle is a sport coat with a t-shirt, jeans, and sneakers. Uh-huh. So you know what a guy I'm talking about. He's got like the, gotcha. the navy blue sport coat with a white undershirt on, jeans, and some Nikes. Could this guy's name also be Chad? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, most definitely could, could also be He's Chad. He's a Chad. Um, like that's a thing. His favorite movie is Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore. <laughs> um, his favorite band is Kings of Leon uh, uh-huh. and, or whatever's playing on the Spotify uh, app that comes with his car. Um, oh, he loves Barack Obama, martyrs, and what others think. He hates symmetry, the past, what others think, and panel gaps. His, I know. Uh, okay. His uh, self-perceived perceived images. He wants people to see how virtuous he is. Mm-hmm. He's not a wasteful person, but he's also very hip. Uh, his mm-hmm. political affiliation is extremely liberal. So, as you know, what uh, know what we got here? I think this is the Model Three wrong is it the prius i was gonna go it's, prius it's, first it's the tesla model s model tesla, s tesla model they didn't s. have bad panel gaps though that's true that's a good point you I led me astray I with did. that yeah that's my fault I think and it, also a chad like that in middle management he's not going to be able to afford a hundred thirty thousand dollar model s used okay yeah maybe he could afford a used one okay he doesn't have a model three yet because he can't get one exactly <laughs> yeah all right so that one's pretty easy i kind of sure. like lay that yeah. one out there to kind of lay, lay the land for you um, this one's a little bit, just okay. a little bit harder. Um, this is a female aged 18. 18. What's her name? Brandy, Madison, or Tiffany. <laughs> so she works at the VU. <laughs> uh, she works part-time at Walmart. Okay. Or she's a bartender, a waitress at TGI Fridays, or a stripper. Yeah, right. So it's okay. one of those things. She's wearing a ponytail with lots of highlights. Maybe the hair is gray. Okay. You know, that new gray thing that, you know, everybody, sure, the gray yeah. bilage or whatever it's called. Um, bilage. She chews gum. She wears high-rise mom pants with a sweatshirt that's pretty loose. Um, she's got a ponytail. What is the sweatshirt? It's like the loose sweatshirt oh, with the high-rise pants. Loose. I thought you pretty said loose. Pretty loose. Yeah. Could, she could be hot, but she might not be, but you can't tell because she's got the giant sunglasses on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Um, her favorite movie is Bridesmaids. Uh, uh-huh. her, her dad bought her the car. Right. She loves boys who hunt, friend-zoning boys, swiping left, and selfies, and she hates nice guys. 
That's that's about it. Um, her self prestige image is that the car is cute, cheap, and fun. She doesn't give a shit about it, and that's fine. Um, political affiliation is whatever her boyfriend likes. Uh, that's what I've got. What do you What do you think? Well, so my key indicators here: she thinks the car is cute, but she likes boys that drives trucks and hunt. Right. And is this a new car that her dad bought her, or, or would this be used? So you're asking for a hint. Well, no. Okay. Let so me, it, would, let me, be, it could be bought new or used. It, the, the manufacturer dates, I, I'll give you those, are 1995 till 2005. Okay. So it is definitely a used car. Then. Right. And I've got, I've got three cars that fall into this category. And if you guess either of the, any of the three, I will give you, the, give you the point. Okay. Hold on. Give me a minute. It's cute, but she likes the country boy. Uh, that's kind of hard. Do you need another hint? Nine. I, I mean. Lifeline. No, first thought for some reason went Volkswagen Jetta because that's like, I don't know why. That's the girls I knew that that fell into. That's what they drove. That but is, that's not that stereotypical. That is, right. that is incorrect. So hold on, but it's cute. It's not a beetle. No, no, it's not a beetle. Because she went like the hunting guy. Right. Is this an Asian manufacturer? Uh, I will tell you that the company is no longer in existence. And it was made between 1995 and 2005. And it's a cute car. Yeah. Well, she thinks it's cute, I'm sure. So it's not a Saab. Because every single one of them drives one of these. I'm obviously not thinking of something. You want? You just want the answer? I can give it to you. It's a Pontiac Sunfire. They didn't make those till 2005. Yes, they did. And this description is 100% correct because now I'm picturing <laughs> someone in high school that drove this car. And it is 100%. Wow. Also acceptable answers were a Chevrolet Cavalier yeah, or a Chevy, Chevrolet Beretta were also correct answers okay. in, in this. Um, the third one is really quite hard. Okay, um, I thought li- that one was obscure. Your, your hints didn't necessarily line up oh, in my come mind. On. Come on, dude. Think about it. It's in like, hindsight, yes. It's a white, trashy teenage girl. Well, you didn't say that. You didn't pick up on this? Loves boys who hunt, bridesmaids, yeah. chewing gum, hates uh, nice guys, and loves swiping left? <laughs> okay, continue. Right. So uh, car three is... Uh, is ma- this our final one? This is our final one. Okay. Uh, male, age, so far you've, you're zero. Yeah, you're right. Um, age 59, male. His name is William Donald or Raymond. Or William Donald Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it could be all three. Um, his job is retired union electrician, okay. computer salesman manager, carpet company manager, or a retiring electrical engineer. Oh, okay. Um, retirement. What was the first one you said? Uh, retired union electrician. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like... That's a that's a big jump from that to uh, what was the last one? A retired manager of electrical engineer. Electrical engineer. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it kind of like it runs it could, the gamut. I think it could. I think I really think he's fifty nine. He's retired. He's retiring or retiring. he's retiring. Okay. You know, he's right on the cusp there. Um, he's wearing khakis with a brown belt and black shoes, yep. plaid button up shirt that's tucked in, mm-hmm. glasses with short side parted graying hair. Mm-hmm. So he's he's kind of like a. Kind of an uptight seaman kind of dude, yep. Um, but still a little bit casual, I guess. Doesn't want to overdress. There are two cars that come to mind right away. They're wrong. I, I, I'm going to give you like five guesses on this one. Okay. Um, his favorite movie movie is Lethal Weapon. Okay. Um, he loves poker with friends, cigars, mowing the lawn, doing basic home maintenance, uh, the newest computer technology, unconventional tech. He hates taking risks, not owning an RV, and people who don't install their own doorknobs. His political affiliation is whoever AARP or my public sector union tells me to vote for. Interesting. Okay, I'm changing it now. 
At first, when Why you're doing, that? so your first clues led me to believe just kind of your uh, run of the mill. I was going to say either a Buick or a Lexus, just an older person type of very okay. vanilla car um, of that age group. Yep. Um, it's kind of the new Cadillac is a, a Buick or a, a Lexus, I sure, would say. Sure. For that so this, demographic. So I'm gonna, I got to give you the era of the car. Oh, Otherwise, okay. you'll, you'll never get it. So the car was made in 1989 is when he this car He would have was. a much nicer, newer car if he's that conservative. Mm. And, okay, it was just made in 89. It, well, it was made a couple years past and a couple years earlier than 89, this particular model. But the car has been made for many, many decades before that by this, by this manufacturer. Okay. Just, so I'll give you a... I'll the give fact you a, that he also likes his RV and can't stand people that can't do home maintenance i was gonna go with a pickup so he likes that he he hates that he doesn't have one he doesn't have an rv but he wishes he did Mm. he likes unconventional technology right so try and think of a car from the late 80s that had unconventional technology in it that would be owned by someone that is retiring or Mm -hmm. retired and wants something nice to drive is it a sob it is not a sob Saab didn't – do you think of Saab having, like, unconventional technology? Did you ever drive one? It's more like unconventional design. It's very quirky. Yes, you're right. Unconventional technology – oh, does he – Loves new tech. He's not into, like, rotaries, is he? No, no. I, I, you were close when you were thinking originally. I'll give you – I'll oh, tell really? you what. One of the main sponsors for this uh, – not this car, but later on in their life, the, the, the people that were in the ads is Tiger Woods. So it is a Buick. It, it is a Buick. Now, what – Buick had is it had unconventional technology in eighty nine. I don't know my Buicks from. Oh, is it like a Grand National? No, 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 no. I'm just gonna give it to you. Yeah, that's fine. So it is a 1989 Buick Riviera. The Riviera. Oh, because it was the coupe. It, it was, was the weird, coupe and it was weird, and it had the it had the CRT screen in it. Really? Right? Yeah. I guess I've never been in a Buick Riviera. So this car was really, really weird. It had a digital dash. Right. You should look it up while you're just look up uh, 89 Buick Riviera <laughs> interior. So it had a, right. and it had like a CRT screen in the middle, which in like. What is CRT? Like a monitor, like a glass, like a television <laughs> is a cathode ray tube. Gotcha. Right. Yep. So it's like a monitor. It was like a four inch monitor that, you know, showed all your climate control and everything like that. And then the display. Do you mean the regatta? Do I mean the regatta? You mean the regatta, I'm pretty sure. I thought You're it talking was... the regatta. Okay. I screwed that the one up. The little coupe then. one with the like pop-up headlights. No. No. Mm. No, not at all. Oh, it is. Yep. That's it. So it that's had the that, regatta. That's well, the Riviera was also maybe okay. like that then. Um, but they had the digital dash on it. And I think that interior is so cool. I it really, is really, really, really like that. Cool in a retro way. So I, I'm sorry, your stereotypes are off. No That's way. What I'm this saying. is exactly the type of guy that would drive this car. Someone who's like kind of geeky, likes right. electronics, still uh, kind of like works on his own house and he's retiring <laughs> and he wants something kind of cool with, you know, unconventional tech, a Buick with this, all this technology in it. It's like the, it's like the hot union technician or union electrician would always just have a pickup. No. I don't think so. Well, okay. of course, maybe you would also have a pickup. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so I like I'll, the I will, game. I will take what I've learned uh-huh. from this experience, and I will I will try and see what I can. You'll improve to, upon I'll it. I'll try to improve. I'm curious for next if any time. of our listeners who were playing along got any of those correct. I bet the second one and the, the first one was pretty easy. You got that the, one. Well, yeah, but you said the panel gaps wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Model my three fault. would have been correct. Yep. So you're right. 
All right. No, that was fun. I liked it, but uh, I think your clues suck. (laughs) (laughs) I think that at least the second car Mm -hmm. was spot on. Okay. The second car, the Pontiac Sunfire. You're right. That was was. dead on. I missed the mark on that one. That one was your fault. The other two, mine. The third one was really hard, kind of obscure. The first one, Mm -hmm. I only screwed up one thing. Right. And you got it. So I'll give you you one. That works. So... Um, before we get into a little bit of news, uh, why don't we do a little uh, further performance chat? Further performance where you can bring your air-cooled Volkswagen, because they do like those, and any, basically, European car these guys work on. They're a local Twin Cities-based automotive specialist, and you know what sets them apart is they truly are actual car enthusiasts, which is why they work on kind of right. the fun air-cooled stuff, and you'll see the cool project cars over there. They have the passion for it, and, you know, they truly love European cars. They'll work on your air-cooled Volkswagen. They'll work on your water-cooled Porsche. They'll work on your... I mean, they'll work on anything. You know, right. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and, you know, whether it's, you know, you got to stop in to have some maintenance work done, or you want to have them do your full restoration, or a big horsepower engine build, anything to that effect, those guys do it. They run the gamut on what they can do. You can find them at fptuned.com. That's F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. All right, so what you guys may have seen that's getting, like, serious fate. By the time Monday comes around, this is going to be... Old news. It won't be old news. It's going to be hot. It's going to be everywhere because Goodwood will have just ended. Mm-hmm. And Which, it's going to be... Have you ever been to Goodwood? No. Not to go on a tangent. I no. really want to go to Goodwood. I would love to go to Goodwood. I would love to. It's just like a hill climb. and I would love... Well, yes. I don't want to go to Goodwood to see that because I, I've, all the videos I've seen, everybody's like... Just like kind of like yeah. tooling up the thing with the hay bales on the side. Right. I don't think anybody takes it seriously. It's more of like a good old boys. Hey, look at my. Yeah, you know, no, I agree. It's basically um, a, a car show, but you get to see the car kind of run. Right. That's last, the way I think of it. Last weekend was Le Mans Classic. That okay. is what I would really like to go see. I would like to go see that more than I would like to go see Goodwood. Um, plus, I hear it also just big slog through a muddy parking lot every time anyway, because it just rains in the parking lot. Oh, for really? Yeah, it's just. I don't know. But I still, I don't care. I'll go. Yeah, no, anyways. I will crawl through the mud naked to go to Goodwood. So it's, at it's the Goodwood Festival of Speed, we are going, they, uh, Singer is finally revealing their, uh, basically it's the, called the DLS, which stands for uh, um, Dynamic and Lightweight Study Car. And we talked about this in episode one. Really? So this is episode one. Jake and I talked about this car a little bit because the 3D rendering came out mm-hmm. of the car and it looks, and then it just vanished. You know, yeah. it kind of just disappeared. But I'm really, really impressed. I mean, that was not even a year ago, and all of a sudden they have two cars that are finished, and right? They, and they're going to be revealed at Goodwood. So I have a little bit of an article here that I'm kind of skimmed through, and there's there's a bunch of points. Uh, I have maybe a we'll, question. Yeah, go ahead. First of all, if they're going to be quote revealed, and yet they've already sent us all the specs and the photos and everything else, yeah, it's not a reveal. It kind of is. I mean, no one's actually seen it. They're going to be presented. How about that? Yeah, let's. We'll say that it's <laughs> going to be presented. Um, thanks for that semantic yep, there. There guy. you go. Um, Singer, the California-based restoration house that specializes in 911s, will show its dynamic and lightweight study at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this weekend. Two examples shown will be uh, be one in parallax white with a yellow interior, and a one in heart attack red with a black interior. I don't know if I like the co- name of that color. It's a little parallax. White is also weird. I like parallax white because I don't know what it means. 
Parallax is, the only reason I know it is a web development technology where when you scroll through a page, you'll see this and like the content moves different speed than the rest of it. Well, that makes sense for a car. I like that. Okay. Things moving at different speeds kind of, but Heart Attack Red makes me think of like a rare cheeseburger. <laughs> it's kind of just, you know. Um, <laughs> the artery clogging Porsche. Yeah. The two singer restored DLS Porsche 11s were inspired by the by one of the house's clients, Scott Blattner, a Porsche enthusiast who requested rate reduction and for performance enhancements for his Porsche 911. In order to meet the client's needs, the folks at Singer teamed up with a number of companies, including Williams Advanced Engineering, to create modifications specifically for cutting weight and improving the car's dynamic performance. Now, the the Singers, as they are now, are still pretty high-performing cars. They're, right. I mean, they make a ton of power. Their suspension's updated. They've got lightweight wheels. I mean... They're pretty dialed in, but they're still kind of at core a 911, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. I so, mean, these are two. I mean, there's still 911 there, but it's so far, we're going way far removed right. now. Right, so Singer's mantra is the 911 reimagined, right? right. Yep. So they're basically a firm that, like you said, restores 911s, but they basically will take a... They, they basically build a brand new car and everything's better about Off of it. the 964 chassis. That they then back. Uh, my question is, is how much of that 964 chassis is, is left? Well, it says it's a 1990 Porsche 911 and a 1989. So, I mean, they must be still building them off the 964 chassis, which makes, which makes sense. They probably just use the same geometry and build a full, like, I have to imagine a lot of the tub is carbon and... Well, I know that the roof is and stuff like that, but right. I think, like, the actual tub is probably still steel. Yeah. Is is my guess. Otherwise. So I didn't realize that this was all prompted by a customer who basically said, this is what I want or I'm looking for. And then they took that as let's do this. Right. Right. Which is cool. And Williams is they do a lot of work for Formula One teams, don't they? I mean, this I'm going to go through and there's a couple of companies that I had to look up, but every company that's involved with this is extremely legit. And it's it's not just like, hey, what have you got on the shelf? Let's bolt it on. Right. It's all hundred percent custom. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So powering these two cars is a five hundred horsepower, four liter, naturally aspirated flat six, which has been modified with a lot of parts made out of magnesium, which is what they used to do with the flat six it's up light. until you know seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the engine also features a an oiling system for improved lubrication and cooling, and lightweight throttle bodies with F one inspired upper and lower injectors. Which I was oh, cool. Which is is I thought was really really neat. Which gives you a lot of you know tuning breadth for uh, you know the velocity of the air. Right. So when you've got lower velocity of air, maybe you run the lower injectors. But when you've got high velocity of air coming in, like uh, maybe you're using both or one or the yeah, other. Yeah, it would be interesting how that works. So just the tuning of the car, I think, is is easier. Just for like you know when you have such a high strung motor, sometimes it's hard. Um, the vacuum gets so low, right? You know, or because everything flows so well, basically, where everything you don't have a lot of vacuum. Yeah, the airflow and the CFM coming into the motor at low RPMs is like mm-hmm. very low. Mm-hmm. So that's why sometimes when you when you have big cams and stuff like that, they don't run very well at low low RPMs. But with this, right. it allows you to have different you know different flow rates of fuel closer to the closer to the cylinder heads or farther away from the cylinder heads. I I imagine that's kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the car's aerody- that. the car's aerodynamics were reassessed via computation fluid dynamics analysis adding a revised ducktail spoiler and this is what i'm not sure and, and, and eliminating front axle lift by redesigning the front oil cooler intake and venting so is that just like a you know front splitter just new like yeah either that or they just blocked off the oil cooler vents uh roof mounted rear spoiler was also blah 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 There's- so i don't know if they mentioned it but my favorite 
kind of element of this car, and I, I don't know, maybe I commented on it when it first came out, the idea was the rear quarter windows are big air intakes for the engine back there. Right. And I've never seen that on a 911 before. Yeah, that's like race it's car super shit. super cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, carbon fibers used extensively on the body and sus- suspension components are made out of aluminum. Uh, it's all about cutting weight, right? I mean, yeah. that's the whole concept with this. And I like one of the one of the funny things is it says it's got quote lightweight climate control. <laughs> Does that mean a window or what? You know, I mean, I think it's just like uh, maybe it has like an electric air conditioner or something yeah. like that. It doesn't have. I imagine it's like an electric air conditioner because I don't know. I haven't seen the engine compartment. Maybe we could look. You can look and see if you see a compressor in there. I didn't see it, but in I, the traditional I don't remember spot seeing at least. Um, Bosch was responsible for tuning the car and stability control wow. systems and the ability to fully de- deactivate them. Hewland, which is uh, it's a UK company, um, they do transmissions for F1, Le Mans, DTM, wow. uh, basically made a one-off six-speed transmission for the car, <laughs> <laughs> which features a magnesium case with hollow shafts to lessen the amount of rotating mass. Wow. The gearbox is also shorter to allow the engine to be positioned further forward and improve weight distribution. Really? Brembo supplied the project with brakes, uh, and it's the monoblock calipers. Michelin was the project's tire partner with Pilot Sport Cup 2s, blah, blah, blah. Um, Here's the deal. BBS contributed lightweight 18-inch alloy wheels made of magnesium. Uh, They feature high-strength aluminum and titanium and a center lock mechanism Mm -hmm. developed by Williams, which I don't like. Why? Why? So, I, and this is this is did, we talked about this. We might have, but we're going to talk about it again if we did. So I look at this stuff as if like I don't care who else is going to drive it. I look at it as if if I was going to drive this car, right? And I would drive this car a lot. You know, yep. I would drive this car all the time. And I just imagine being in the middle of Utah, filming the Dazio <laughs> film, and getting a flat tire, and going, "Fuck me! What am I going to do with this center lock wheel?" And you need your six foot breaker bar. Yeah, and- where am I going to put that? And I just don't understand. The center lock thing on. I mean, I get, I get that it's a, it's a thing, it's a look. You got to have the center lock is very motorsport inspired. We, we if you totally are, have talked about this because it's all coming back to me, all my past arguments. Because I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, it's not functional basically. Because Unless you're tracking the car, maybe. I mean, if the guy, the, the thing is, is, I wouldn't be. Even if you're tracking that car, it's not like you're doing like an endurance race where you have a pit crew and the because the only, the only benefit for center lock wheels is to basically take them off quickly right you are you gonna have a pit crew for this car and do like no. an endurance race no you're not no no it's 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 a, it's just another modless checkbox thing right you no, know I agree. just to like it's an homage to the to an actual race car it makes the car feel more motorsport inspired yeah right no, I, I think agree. is um kind of the deal and some people probably like it you know i've watched uh i've watched 311 rs change center lock wheels at the track and it's faster you know they yeah they do the thing, pull the wheel off, goes on, on, done. Cool. So it, it is quicker, but it's, it's still like... And is there, like, I'm imagining the old school, like, six-foot breaker oh, bar? Oh, it is huge. Yeah, okay. it's a big-ass breaker bar. I didn't know if they had some, like, torque reduction wrench thing that would no, be cool. No, it's it's just a big, big-ass breaker bar. And, but the thing is, is that I don't see 99... Okay, maybe 100% of these people are not going to need to change their wheels that fast. I just... Nope. No, it's just... <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just so, an inspired thing. It's just... It's the look and the function of it. Right. So but just imagine we, how much they they paid to have that whole system developed it's oh like, i'm oh sure my God. it looks like something out of it, it doesn't look even that great if you ask me it's just a weird giant hex lug nut it looks like it, it doesn't look right with a fuchs wheel it doesn't look right because you gotta have the you gotta have the pedals with the with that's with right. the center cap and it's 
the, the, it it's, doesn't, it's weird looking. It doesn't work for me. But even like center lock wheels, a lot of them have, I don't know, they, they look different than just this giant hexagonal lug nut that it has in the center of the wheel. Right. So I, I keep wanting to know. So this is the whole lightweight study. Do we know how light it is? I don't see that listed anywhere. They haven't said <laughs> what it weighs, which is a good point. Um, inside, Recaro supplied carbon fiber sport seats specifically de- designed for their vehicles. Now, here's my problem with Recaro. Make old seats again. I know. Please. I know. I'm <laughs> I, not I just disagreeing. don't understand why they won't make make old seats. Why don't they do it like an LS mm-hmm. with corduroy? They would sell insane amounts of them. They would sell out immediately. They would be gone. I would buy a set. You'd probably buy a set. Yeah. Uh, my grandpa would probably buy a set. <laughs> I should probably mention now he's a, he's here today. <laughs> he's, he's our audience. He's sitting over on the on the chair over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody would want a set of vintage Recaros. Why don't they do it? Is it safety? What's the problem? No, I doubt it. Because What's there's the aftermarket seats that you can buy anyways. I mean, and they're, they cost an absolute fortune. You know, they're $3,000, $4,000 for a set of seats made by a guy with a small business. Right. When it could be a Recaro seat, with that's amazing. Yeah, and you still have a profit margin. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Um, other interior modifications include a raised manual shifter with exposed titanium and magnesium linkage, and that is a really beautiful part of the car. It's gorgeous. Do you know what it reminded me of, though? What's because that? I was looking at Lotuses so much. The Gen 3 Lotus Elise has that exact same, like it looks identical with the little cutout yeah. on the bottom and everything else. I love it. I think I it's incredible. I do love it, though. I, I, awesome. I really, really think it's cool. It reminds me a little bit of the engineering project that Akim, the guy from Berlin, took because mm-hmm. he had his 915 gearbox, the shifter box raised up okay. and they had to re-engineer the 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 way that the shift rod sure. went through right. the tunnel of the car and it, it must be great having that shifter so close to the right so close to the steering wheel um another thing they have is a carbon fiber instrument cluster with hand applied characters and this is my least favorite part of the entire car if you look up uh, a picture of the instrument cluster from this car mm-hmm. it looks like a tachometer fell in a box of rolex watches and came out looking like a rolex watch it's gold and gaudy and hideous. Do you know who would love this car? My wife. <laughs> no, I agree. That's... I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look. I want to see a functional tachometer that just is simple. Yeah. And, it, and it's all the numbers are all gold and stuff. I, it, do, I do not. So the maybe in- they're green. I don't remember off the top of my head. No, but there's a lot of gold on the instrument cluster. I do. I don't like it. I think the and entire I, interior is gaudy. I'll go a step further. Yeah, but the entire the rest of the interior kind of goes together. Like it's kind of like what Singer's been doing, so yeah. it makes sense. But this tachometer is wild. Before this, they just have like a different color, like it'd be red or blue or green, and it would say Singer on it, sure, and that kind of thing. But this is like, do you know what it reminded much. me of? the The tack, especially with the entire interior, is Pagani. What they've been doing because they do things like very like jeweled and everything is really like kind of over the top stylized, right? And that's well, kind of sure this is what the owner wanted. They True. wanted something like this. True. I yeah. Who knows? It's, it's a commission vehicle. But I just I cannot get over that. Yeah. It's and I don't want to make it seem like I'm poo pooing the car because it's unbelievable. You know, it's it's unbelievable. If it better be for a million and something dollars. Or I was going to say one point eight million. I want that drivetrain and the window scoops in a <laughs> traditional Singer. That's it. And then I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um. So they're going to show <laughs> it off at uh, this weekend. So we'll, I'm sure we'll probably get some uh, a little bit uh you know, more footage of the car, maybe running up the hill. One of them's going to be on display. One of them's going to run. So we're going to hear it. Yeah. You know what else I like about it? A little detail that I picked up on. It has the old cookie cutter exhaust cutout thing too. Did you notice that? I did not. 
Yeah, it's like the old like 917s oh, yeah, and yeah, the 906s yeah. and stuff, the old Porsche race cars well, had. a little screen back there. Well, no, they call it um, in the actual tailpipes. They're the little like strengthening little... Oh, yeah. They call them cookie cutters. Yeah. Someone was telling me that... Um, there was like back in the day. Who was it? Was it you? It was Were me. we talking about this already? I have, I'm still trying to get this as a history story, so we won't go too much into it. But there's a lot of cool, like weird little history about those. Okay, items. so we'll, we won't get into it then. Yeah. All right. What else do we got for today? So another news story that uh, since Chris took all of the time, we're gonna run through a little quicker, <laughs> quicker here. Um, Stuttgart. The big city in Germany, the heartland of Germany's automotive industry, actually, is going to be banning older diesel cars starting next year. Do we know what year the cars are that are going to be banned? Yes, we do. So the way it listed it is they're going to be banning diesel vehicles meeting the, quote, Euro 4 or older emission standards starting in January of 2019, right away. And so I had to look up how the Euro emission standards worked in Europe because I didn't know anything about this. So it's basically just um, a series of amendments that they've made to the original emission standards like legal framework that was originally in 1970 right so every time they make an amendment it's called like a euro one euro two so euro one was made in 92 and it's basically just another list of requirements i just see like fuck you fuck you fuck you yeah so basically it's uh anything that isn't newer than 2005 okay great so which i mean that's a lot of cars you see on the road today. it's like every mark IV diesel and older exactly I mean, that's that's, that's crazy. probably a lot of them over there well yeah think about it. i think what is it like 70 percent of the 65 or 70 percent of the cars sold there are diesels right um so and so anything older than 2005 can't go into the city yeah that's, which is that's crazy. a pretty big deal um i'm not gonna t- i want to just maybe talk about this a little bit but i don't speaking wanna... of depressing automotive news um britain has uh decided that they're going to require that you put a car charger if you build a new house you have to have a car charger in the home right if you build a new house regardless of whether you have a car or not it doesn't or anything matter. else yep it doesn't matter if you have a car or not you must must do it so i wonder what they cost what are we costing homeowners at this i point? don't know i just don't like anything where they basically tell you you need to have this appliance like legally yeah did you feel that way before you met me <laughs> not as much I, it wasn't as pronounced how about i so, probably felt that way but i didn't realize why by next year we're supposed to have 20 million electric cars in the world and by 2030 i think it is we're supposed to have 140 million right so i get it it's like doubling 2022 is going to be like 46 million or something like that i totally get that they're trying to future proof any new construction and to be honest how much of like britain's homes are new construction homes i was looking into that but i couldn't find a good statistic i was trying to find out i mean but they they are you know there's people it makes sense and i think builders should definitely offer this and recommend this to their you know home purchasers but i hate the fact that they're gonna make you do it i even if i was building a new house i would consider putting one in yeah just for either future resale or maybe exactly. i'll end up with one no, i agree it's smart but it's just i hate that it's a law <laughs> yeah well there's a lot of other things that are a lot too like your toilet and your light bulbs and everything else what's the law about a toilet you can only have a certain amount of gallons per flush per epa requirements okay but they're not telling me i need to put a toilet in my house <laughs> no but they are saying how much water you can use and that's yeah, the same thing it. with like dishwashers and they have to be use a certain amount of that's water that's a good or, analogy though no one's telling me i have to put a dishwasher in my house that's true that's true. That's what's different about right. it. Right. Or you could just dig a hole in the ground and poop there. <laughs> right. You probably can, actually. <laughs> no, probably not. So um, I can't think of a transition that's clever, but I really like the story that's next. Yeah, this, so, is, this is awesome. Headline, thieves steal 600 gallons of gasoline. And 
as soon as I read that before I read into the story or anything else, I was like, wait, how I, you Where know, what the hell are they putting mind? all this gas? Well, what came to mind was the, um, stupid intro scene to fast and the furious, like four or whatever it was where they steal the tanker truck off the freeway. Right. That's, well, that's what you thought happened. That's like what they I, stole. I, when I read the headline, steal 600 gallons of gas, it's like, oh, so someone like hijacked, hijacked a tanker truck. truck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly like that. Yep. So, no, this uh, actually was it was in Detroit and thieves hacked into a gas pump. And this was in broad daylight, one in the afternoon. So someone comes up to like at a gas station pump. Somehow they electronically hack it. And then what happened is they had 10 of their friends. They filled up their tank. They left. The next guy came in, filled up his tank. So 10 different vehicles came through. And the guy inside is, like, trying to, like, hit a button to, like, turn it off. Yeah, but so they I'll, I'll, I'll read some of the highlights here. So police say the massive gas guzzle took over an hour and a half from beginning to end. And that the fact that they said 10 vehicles were involved, damages came to about $1,800 worth of gas, which is, I guess, a decent amount. I didn't. I don't know. Um, they then interviewed the clerk because they're like, wait a minute. As this is going on, what like what, what were you deal? doing? Right. Why didn't you call the police? So for a while, it looks like there was just regular cars coming in and leaving and, you know, pumping gas. Right. Yep. So to yep. your first look. Yeah. So for the first out like, of 50 minutes, she just thought it was right. normal. Yeah. And then I tried to stop it, but it didn't work. I tried to stop it here from the screen, but the screen's not working, she said. So basically, this hacker just disabled the system somehow. Yeah. And then he, she said, I tried to stop it from the system. Nothing's working. Um, Aziz said the system wouldn't respond, and it wasn't until he says he got an emergency kit that he was able to shut the pump down Probably and then call the police. Hit the, like, hit the emergency it, that's what I'm thinking, something. too. Which... I, we should do a PSA. Do people know, like, if you're in the moment and all of a sudden there's a fire at that gas pump, this you, isn't common knowledge. You just hit the red button on the side of the, the thing. Where's the red button? It's usually in the column in the middle between each set of pumps. I don't think that's common knowledge, though. Well, there's an emergency gas shut off. But it's, anyways. It's people's responsibility to not burn alive, not mine. Okay, well, unless I'm pumping next to them. So anyways, <laughs> police say they used a remote device to hack into the pump. So again, he's probably just sitting there in his laptop to do it. And it was in one in the afternoon in broad daylight. That's and they, incredible. It, it's an ongoing investigation. They, they didn't just find him. They haven't found him. I saw him. like someone, someone made a comment of like, well, um, well, there's videos all over the internet about how to steal gas. I went straight away to the internet to try and find videos about how to get free gas, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah, that was actually in this article, too. Yeah. They mentioned that. I couldn't find anything on how okay. to get I how didn't want to talk about it or go into it, but... Yeah, so uh, that's 600 gallons of gas went missing, which wasn't as exciting as a tanker truck. No, no. That would, be, that would be great. So uh, one last story before we go, and we're gonna, we want to circle back a little bit to the Nürburgring record. Right. So that's the one you want to go to here? Yeah, let's okay. just go right there. So um, the Aston Martin Valkyrie, which, do you know anything about this car? Nope. I'll get into details in a little bit. It's basically going to be their new hypercar concept. And um, is this supposed to be a car that's going to run in this new series that's coming yes, out? Yes, okay. exactly. Right. So they alluded to that as well. It's going to be a street car, basically their hypercar from Aston Martin. And um, the it's also going to be running in the series, which Red Bull is apparently co-developing. They didn't get into the specifics, but somehow Red Bull is involved as a sponsor. Um, so it's going to be... Uh, it's going to, quote, have an excellent chance of going quicker than Porsche's 519 time around the Nürburgring. The what? 
Nuremberg Ring. No, it's not the Nuremberg Ring. Nuremberg, Nuremberg is where the trials for the Nazis was held. It's near Nuremberg. No, it's not. I'm Trust sure it me. is. Do you want to know how I know? Because you've been there. Because I freaking put Nuremberg in on the GPS on this shitty little Mercedes A-Class <laughs> that I had at the time that didn't have a screen. Okay. Everything was in German, so I just started typing it in. I saw Nuremberg, and we got there, and I was like... Where's the ring? Where's the ring? <laughs> I was like, what is this place? Okay, Where so, am I? so pronounce it correctly for me. Nurberg ring. Nurberg. Nurberg ring. Nurberg ring. Yeah. Right. Not Nurberg, because that's that's like an hour and a half away. I'm going to say goodness. that's a common misconception, the fact that you did that as well. So um, this is from the CEO. He said, uh, it's fantastic, CEO of Aston Martin, it's fantastic what Porsche have done with the Nordschleif record. And I like, I'll just say Nordschleif. Nordschleif. I like that. Nordschleife. Sure. Okay, yeah. Nordschleife. I'll not pronounce that right either. <laughs> and it would certainly be, quote, fun to have a go at it with the track version of the Valkyrie. So I had to look into this. The, the, the track only or the track only special of the Valkyrie that they're going to be producing for this hypercar series that we keep hearing about yep. is, uh, quote, going to make any garden variety hypercar seem barely more exciting than an overloaded minivan. <laughs> okay. So we're told to expect more than 1,100 horsepower less than 2,200 pounds, and insiders say the ability to generate more than its own weight and downforce. So the old adage that it could drive run it upside, upside down. down in a tunnel. So is this like a hybrid car or electric only or what? So I was interested by this. I thought it was going to be like, um, you know, turbocharged, smaller engine with a big hybrid. They're actually still using a naturally aspirated V12 in conjunction with a hybrid system. Awesome. I love Sweet. that they're using the Aston Martin kind of hallmark V12 engine. So what are they going to be doing for this hypercar series? How are they going to be saying what you can use for engines, what you can't? Has any, any of that been figured out yet? I'm, I, I haven't looked into it. We got to figure that out. I know I we really want to know. I'm hoping it's going to be basically like a GT class almost where you have to have the production homologation vehicles and you just basically run what you have in production. Right. And I think I'm kind of excited about this. And the reason why I got kind of excited about this is what Porsche did. What Porsche did and kind of like seeing that where it's going, where things are going in terms of performance and in terms of what's possible really kind of did it for me. And I have a quote here that really kind of inspired me when I saw it. And okay. this is uh, Timo Bernard, who um, is, the, is the guy that drove the, the Porsche uh, and broke the record on the Nürburgring. Yeah, the record, the yeah. 519. He said... Uh, in-car footage of Timo's uh, car blast has drawn a rather pleasing series of remarks. Pleasing series of remarks. He said, quote, in the end, the most comments I was reading were about the size of my balls. It was funny to hear that. And that's maybe the most rewarding comment that a racing driver can get. I like that. And that's, as long as that is there, as long as I am watching and I go, holy shit, that guy's got balls. I'm interested. That's what's entertaining. That's what's good. I mean, when when there's courage involved and there's balls, mm-hmm. and when I feel that that's happening out on the track, right. it interests me. And I think that if we start going away from that, I'm not interested anymore. That's why I, I'm starting to like lose interest in F1. Sure. Because it just doesn't feel dangerous anymore. It doesn't feel courageous. It feels like it's a bunch of whiny bitches talking about, oh, we need more safety. We need a halo. We need to be drive, driven around in a bubble. You know, obviously right. the cars... like. Just keep that quiet. Don't tell me about it. Oh. And just go drive. Just go drive and shut up and stop whining <laughs> and, and talk about how you're glad that everybody thinks you've got giant brass balls like this guy did. Um, yeah, I do and like I, that. And I, as long as that's there, that sentiment is there, I will watch. And as long as there's this competition, right? right. This is What Porsche did is fueled competition with Aston Martin. Absolutely. And if Aston Martin breaks it, it's going to fuel competition with Porsche and maybe Ferrari and maybe BMW and maybe these other companies are going to start. Like, I thought this was dead. 
I thought this type of competition, this type of emotion in, in motorsports and, and ingenuity and engineering with cars was gone. I thought it was over. Right. And I, as you're talking about this, I'm realizing what it comes down to, really, I'm kind of sorry to say, is drama. So it was dramatic that Porsche went to all this length to do and set or break the track record. Yep. And, you know, F1 is getting boring because it's less dramatic, because there are less risks, perhaps, to the driver, or at least the there's something about that technology is so high, it's so unattainable, you can't relate to it. Here's what it is. This reminds me of Group B competition. Run what you brung. Right. Just bring it. Bring the most power you can. No Whatever holds. technology you've got, no holds barred. Go as fast as fuck. Do everything you can to get the best time. That's what this is. This is an unrestricted, insanely fast race car that uh, was built off a race car that had restrictions. And they took them all off, said, fuck it, and just went out and hit the thing. And that's what Aston Martin wants to do now, too, is be like, we can do that. Right. Let's go do it. And, if, man, if this can somehow, like... Like come into play where they all start racing at the same time. Well, I was going to say the Holy only thing that's shit. missing is the wheel to wheel drama. Right now it's so, time attack stuff, which to me this is more interesting than watching a race of F one. Knowing that this is happening, it's it's kind of the slow game, right? It's right. kind of like the long game, and it's the slow play. So it's it's happening over. <laughs> well, it's happening over a long period right. of time. No, it right? certainly is. So it's it's cool. To, it's really cool to see that, and I and I hope that this leads to more good things, and I hope I don't. Uh, I'm not disappointed. Well, I don't want to disappoint you. Well, I don't want to be disappointed either. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be disappointed. And I'm easy to disappoint, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Your poor wife. <laughs> oh, man. Well, on that note, guys, we are all done. Uh, we will see you in a few days for our midweek episode. And uh, we hope you enjoyed your weekend. And take care, everyone.